Sold at 560. 785 the first. 785 the second. Be sure. 785 third and final time. Sold. The third and final time at 910,000 pounds. Sold. Well, welcome everybody to the Allsop Prop Chat. This podcast reviews the Allsop commercial auction held on the 20th of July. My name is George Walker. One of the partners and auctioneers in the team, and I've got uh, my colleagues Will Clough and Ben Hodge joining me later on. Just a quick overview: what a busy day we had. Um, Sixty-seven million pounds raised, eighty-four percent sold. Nice stat that makes one hundred and forty million in the last five weeks. So we've had a busy time, and the market has responded incredibly well. Um, this auction, probably what stands out: a lot of million-pound lots, twenty-eight lots. Uh, over a third of the lots sold were over a million pounds, an average of 1.6 million. That's a very high stat for us. Interestingly, 55 million of the 66 was retail. Um, but for this, for some uh, some reason, this auction we had six million pound offices. Hadn't had that for some time. So offices making up a good proportion um, from Upper Richmond Road in London to Scotland. So quite a varied geography. But office demand is out there um, as well as the retail demand. We're going to review today. Uh, a number of different examples. We can't cover everything um, because we sold over know, 80 lots. We're going to pick out a few examples. As always, if you want to ask any particular questions, give us a call. Um, and podcast ideas are very welcome at podcast at allsop.co.uk. So anyway, let's turn to Will um, to look at some of those big lots I mentioned earlier. Will, what was the one, that the TSB in Edinburgh, you, you're quite familiar with? Talk yeah, morning, George. Um, start with the biggest lot in the catalogue that was sold in the catalogue. Lot 40 was the TSB in Edinburgh, as you say. It was a hybrid approach with our private treaty team, so it had been out in the market a little bit ahead of the catalogue release. 2026, a stunning-looking traditional bank-style building, and you're in the heart of Edinburgh. Uh, probably as much a real estate buy as an income buy here. It was 2026, as I say, uh, and, and probably reflects, reflected in that is the, um, the breadth of interested parties we had looking at it from our traditional bank buyers to those that are seeing a bit of future value or alternative use there, including sort of a boutique hotel sort of club operator as well. Um, he will be well known to some who had grand plans for the future, but it wasn't to be for them. This one went um, ahead of 3.6 million, 7.5% and, and quite a long way ahead of the recent valuation there. So one example of a big bank and, and Ben's going to pick up on, on another big bank we had down south of the border. Yeah, thank, thanks, Will. Um, so we sold um, sold a big bank, uh, High Street, Hounslow. It was a lot 30. Um, this wasn't just a bank, though. So it was a, it was a double, double unit let to HSBC on an overriding lease until 2029. Part of it was sublet, but interestingly, it was on a quarter of an acre site. So long term or medium term, um, it, it's got some redevelopment potential there. To the rear, there is a precedent for some residential development. Um, so, you know, the buyer might have some options. About 15,000 overall, Ben? It's about 15,000 square foot uh, overall. So it sold on the day, three and a half million pounds, 4.4% on income. And on the square footage, it was 224, 225 pound a square foot. It was, um, it was actually eventually bought by an overseas buyer. So, um, so these things are getting noticed. Okay, a bit of a theme from from yesterday as well. We'll, we'll come on to the buyers later on. Um, I uh, 
if you're a regular listener, you'll know that I bang on about boots quite a bit. I think that medium term value was really, really clear in some of the prices. We sold a dozen boots assets yesterday. This is part of the portfolio that was re-geared some time ago by our clients. Um, some very, very uh, good postcodes for the auction buyers in this one. And I'll pick out one example, which was the uh, building in Southgate. We looked at the numbers on this. It's a, it's a nice eight-year lease. Southgate's a lovely spot uh, in North London. Um, we just felt we had to be guiding one of the lowest yields that ever guide anything out, four and a half percent. That wasn't a ground rent. It's not a ground rent. It's a shop entirely let, four and a half thousand feet. Um, and we let it go. And the market responded in a way that I don't think I've ever seen before. We guided it at 1.2 and we got 1.765. 1.765 is just under 3% for a retail um retail asset. So this really must be reflecting the medium term value when lease the lease of boots finishes in eight years' time, what you can do with four thousand seven hundred feet in Southgate. Two hundred three hundred and seventy one pounds a square foot. But really, I mean the competitive bidding um was is extraordinary, but I think it was fifty or sixty bids. So really nice piece. Um the rest of the booths were in the southeast, and I think we were ahead of the valuation. The, the portfolio that we we sold a majority of the portfolio had been on the market with private treaty um, before, and we were certainly 20% ahead of those figures um, as we finished the day. Well, you worked in another portfolio, secondary tertiary retail, but a vacant. So talk us through some of that. Yeah, as you say, there was a, a big package in there. Um, it was very geographically spread, uh, often with, with short leases or potentially some asset management uh, opportunities there, which makes it not that easy to price off the bat. Um, but really reassuringly, there was much more appetite in the market than perhaps our initial pricing suggested. Now, we don't mean to be pessimistic auctioneers, but I think we like to price to the market. And this time, the market proved that it was confident um, with the short short leases in many instances, as I said, buying all over the country. And, and it really drove the pricing on there quite a long way of, of our initial expectations. So a, a real boost for, for that sector. Um, yeah, some of that stock was, was difficult locations, wasn't it? I mean, towns that you wouldn't be on your shopping list, but, but the market just took it on. I, th- I think people are now buying opportunity again. They were buying location, as is understandable last year. Get into the best locations you can. And perhaps now, as we ease out of you know full or the last of the requirements of lockdown on Monday, I'm not saying that was the turning point, but perhaps people are seeing now as a chance to buy a bit of opportunity again, and particularly where you can enhance it by getting your hands on it. Um, yeah. One perhaps where there's not a huge amount of enhancement to do, but but really surprised us on the pricing was was in Whitehaven. Now, you couldn't really get further further away and, and tucked away on the northwest coast, um, but this was as the, as the stores until 2028, £100,000 per annum, um, it's only seven pounds a foot on a rent on a rental, uh, but this uh, did have a break in in June twenty three. So potentially only two and a bit years of of guaranteed income there. Classic situation. You're trying to work out what that's worth um, from a desktop, and a, you know, a break in two years time. You've got to price in some price in some yield there. So where did that end up? With? What sort of sort of number? That ended up at seven and a half percent, which people are are bidding through the breaks, um, and they're paying willing to pay pay for that. Um, and it was bought, actually bought by someone who'd bought another um, supermarket investment from us earlier in the year. That was in the northeast. Now flipped across the country and, and buying in the northwest. So I think you know it, it's just it's great to see people returning, but also seeing people bidding beyond the breaks where the nervousness about them have perhaps gone. But I think on this one, it's linked to the tenant and the town and, and exactly what it is. So a bit more confidence there. 
the other side of, of, of the, the you know, really secure retail buyers have been hoovering up convenience income. I think the inflation story is coming in the property press quite quickly, isn't it? How do you think that's impacted? And we had a, a couple of RPIs and CPIs in the convenience store sector world. You got some examples of those? How's that? Yeah, changed? well, I think if we, you know, wind a year back, we sold quite a few convenience stores and a lot of sellers who were going to sell them decided to hold on to them because of the security of income. So there's there's such demand for these sort of things. And, and as you say, three examples in this one all led to the co-op uh Wrexham lot nine that was 2036 no breaks cpi reviews that sold sub five percent that was a pub conversion from memory with an extension on that uh lot 22 in penzance 2032 no breaks cpi that was five and a half percent and lot 74 in Siam, 15 years no breaks rpi this time five percent so strong demand for the protection against in- inflation, which, as you say, is, is widely talked about now. Yeah, it's only going to help some of those assets, isn't it? So we talked about buyers briefly um, on the roundup. Ben, any other trends you can pick up on the buyers? Well, I'm delighted to say after the last 12, 18 months where um, we haven't really seen too many overseas buyers come to the auction, mainly because of lack of travel and so forth, um, we have seen the return of the overseas buyer. Roughly 10% of the sales um, went to overseas buyers, which is um, encouraging news. Um, As well as that, we saw a very strong presence from the local buyer. Um, I could come out with a dozen highlights of um, well-competed lots yesterday, uh, all of which got knocked down to local buyers. I'll only bore bore you with a few. (laughs) Um, Lot 30A in Beaconsfield. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lot 30A in Beaconsfield, this was remarkable. You had about two years of income guaranteed to a break uh, to crew. Um, upper parts for two flats sold off. Um, uh, and this sold for um, £757,000, which was um, just, well, keener than 4.5%, sold to a local buyer. Um, uh, and another yeah, one, actually. Reporting a lot of sales are better than 5%, aren't we? It's uh... I mean, some of the better stock yesterday was really, really, really bid for, wasn't it? It really, it really quite was. Uh, so another, I mean, another one that went to a local buyer was uh, Lot 87 Eastley. Now, this probably falls within Will's bracket, which you can come upon in a moment, the alternatives. Um, this was actually a vacant shop and a nightclub in Eastley. That was, that was no oil painting either, was it? No, exactly. So it was one that really had to have some work, some development potential. Um we had 45 bidders, or 45 bids, sorry, placed uh, on the day, and that sold for £654,000 um, to a local buyer. So, you know, as I say, we, can, we have many more of these examples, but it was, it was encouraging to see the local buyer out and strong yesterday, um, and they really believe in their, you know, in their local high streets, and as has been touched upon already, the opportunities. That's good. And no podcast can be complete without... Um... Mr. Alternative having his say and what's happening in that sector. Well, much, much alternatives. Oh, fire up the alternative sector. Um, just, just a couple. I think whether you call Eastley alternatives is a is a moot point. It's a it's a redevelopment angle there. Um, but just two things to round off because it's mandatory now in every podcast we pick up something that's not retail office or industrial. We had a, a little dentist in Oswestry, um, a new lease there for ten years, but with a break in two thousand twenty five. And that was small little lot size and people seeing a bit of potential upstairs, although leased as a whole, um, 7.3%. So some good competitive bidding for that. And the long income 
children's care home not too far from Kidderminster. We had a huge amount of interest in that one and a, a deal was agreed prior to the auction at that around the 6% mark. So yeah, we can talk and call them alternatives forever, but slowly and slowly they are becoming more mainstream and the yeah. prices people are willing to pay for these sort of sectors are, are huge. Yeah, it's inter- it is, as you say, it's become mainstream. It's a simple, decent, believable tenant, a believable rent and a nice long lease and, and people will buy, buy that, won't they? Okay. Ben and Will, thank you so much for summarising it. Um, that is a whistle-stop tour of, of a lot of sales. Um, £300 million pounds, uh, raised by us this year, success rate of 90%, which is it shows you how the market, we think, probably began to turn in February. And I think it's yes, it's a very strong, very strong result. Over 400 lots sold there. And a heck of a lot of those were over a million pounds. So a very, very good first half of the year. We're going to delve into some more detail at the end of the summer, um, probably in the form of a podcast or two, um, for the, our normal half-year review. Meanwhile, uh, do enjoy your summer break. Well earned, as we sit here with 32 degrees promised in Cornwall. Um, Again, we really would welcome uh, your ideas. Podcasts at allsop.co.uk. Will Clough and Ben Hodge and I, and I am George Walker, always willing to hear your ideas. And uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>